Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. My name is Philip, and today we have Andrew Poston joining us. He is an actor, singer, and musician originally from Pamplico, South Carolina, and he is a graduate of Anderson University, and he's currently living and working up in New York City. Now, recently, Andrew was on the national tour of Kinky Boots and did a production of Kinky Boots out at the Phoenix Theater in Arizona, and he is currently working with a little-known guy named Steven Schwartz on a newly imagined version of Godspell. So that is pretty cool, and we are so excited to be welcoming Andrew to the podcast today. Honestly, Andrew, we have not seen each other in person in years years and years. So it's so cool that we are uh, back home in good old South Carolina to do this episode. Me and Andrew go way back, uh, not way back, way back, but pretty far, pretty, back. pretty far. I guess high school is pretty way back now, yeah. but, um, feels like what was the first show we did together or when did we meet? I guess we first met doing voice lessons with Miss Mapes. good old Miss Mapes. Was it ragtime? Did we do ragtime? It must've been ragtime. Or Les Mis. No, Les Mis was my last show. Okay. No, ragtime. we met cause you were in Hairspray. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And... Yeah, yeah, that's it. We met, you were in Hairspray, I couldn't be in Hairspray because of show choir concert conflict, and I worked Spotlight for Hairspray. Yes, yes. And then we worked Spotlight together And then we worked Spotlight together for Nonsense, the greatest show to ever grace the stage of the Florence Little Theater. Quite Um, quite honestly, some of the best work I've ever seen. Yes. Okay, so let's just hop right into some of these questions. So how were you first uh, introduced into music and theater? Yeah, so I don't have like... A definitive I guess eye-opening moment but I, I always grew up in um, church listening to Southern Baptist music um, good old Southern Baptist um, hymns whatever you might find in a Southern Baptist <laughs> church um, and I obviously did like church plays like school plays church choir um, so I guess that like kind of sparks the the passion in me if you would say um, and then as I got older um, I realized that it was something that I really wanted to do um, so I took guitar lessons and voice lessons um, piano lessons that I got involved with community theater and that's where I met Philip Rast yes so I, we kind of have very similar backgrounds and it's it's crazy that we lived so close to each other for sure for so long and never so long. had any idea that we existed so um yeah so i mean me similarly i grew up in a you know baptist church singing the mm-hmm. hymns and everything yeah. and and you know it's like such great training <laughs> like, really you don't really though you don't get training like you can get like we we got as kids in church and of course we had no idea what we were doing but sure. we were just like belting our faces off for jesus as kids and those those hymnals and, uh, sight the reading, hymnals sight we reading learned church. how to sight read i know uh church youth choir and then like eventually praise bands and yeah. having to learn how to like play instruments and everything mm-hmm. like that so you know the church is a great place yeah. to get 
training. And you those know, little old ladies ask you what your special music is for the week. Oh yeah, you yeah. have your special songs yeah. that you do for the week. It's, they send you requests. Yes, the requests. <laughs> the requests are the best part. <laughs> you know, so you you grew up in in the church, and yeah. that was kind of your your place, your jump starting starting point. What kind of led you from, you know little old Florence, or for you, Pamplico. Pamplico. Um, <laughs> South Carolina. Little, Pamplico. little, little old There's Pamplico. There's more cows than people, I think. Yes. Um, so what led you from that point into deciding to, like, to go to Anderson and to really follow after this, for sure. this passion? Yeah, well, I knew that, I knew that music and theater and, and the performing arts in some way was what I wanted to do and what I felt led to do. Um, I didn't really know what that entailed. I didn't know exactly whether that meant worship leading, um, theater, um, singing, recording, whatever um, that may lead. I knew I didn't want to teach. I knew I want. I knew I needed to perform or lead in some way. Um, and so I decided that Anderson was the best place to figure that out. Um, it's a Christian school. Um, it kind of, as soon as I stepped on the campus, it kind of was like, okay, this is home. This is where I need to be. Um, and I'm very glad because I'm a very indecisive person. So I'm glad God was just kind of like, this is where you're going, kid. Um, but yeah, so I knew that I knew that I needed more training and I knew that Anderson was where I needed to find it. And I got connected really quickly to a lot of great people that um, I grew with, uh, both in my talents and um, in my spirituality. Um, and then, yeah, so once I got to like, junior and senior year I started doing some summer stock work and I realized that theater was kind of where my heart was and mm -hmm. where I felt like I could make the most impact um and so that's where I stuck <laughs> yeah so I I kind of from my my view seeing all this happen in in your life um I was always like oh yeah Andrew's gonna be like the next Chris Tomlin or something <laughs> like that and go off and, and really be like the contemporary Christian, like music star, like touring all over the country. And that was kind of my thing, especially when, when we were talking about like you going to Anderson and I was going to go to coastal for musical theater and, and you were going for, um, for music, commercial, commercial music. Yeah. And I specifically remember the moment where I was like, wait, what is he doing? Is when we ran into each other. It was, at SETC, SETC yeah. I think, and we were having, which is the Southeastern Theater Conference, and we were having a conversation about um, commer your commercial music major and oh, how yeah. everyone back home thought that because you were a commercial music major, you were, <laughs> get this folks, they thought that he was writing jingles for commercials was what he was going to school People for. People still ask me that. And They're like, oh, like, do, do you have any like music and commercials right now? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. No, and... If you if you just learned that we are not making fun of you, but um, it's just a it's bad just name like, for the major. It's, it's, a, it's a really bad name um, for the major. But when yeah. I saw you at SETC, I was like, wait, I thought Andrew was gonna be Chris Tomlin <laughs> <laughs> or Matthew West, not doing theater. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, from there it was like, oh, okay, like we're kind of like doing the same thing. Yeah, so for sure. talk about your journey from into the theater world yeah coming from a music degree perspective and not we're crazy theater kids getting a degree sure. in performance in theater yeah kind of um well i knew i i had a, like an inkling when i first graduated high school that like worship leadership was something that had to be a part of my life 
because I, I, I don't think I thrive without worship music um, in general. And so I knew that that would always be a part of my life in some facet. Um, and I didn't know what that would entail. So um, throughout college, I just kind of like didn't do theater um, other than like <laughs> Philip and I did a competition called Nats. Uh, through the National Association of Teachers of Singing together. Um, and I kind of continued it in college. And that was really my only, um, like, taste of theater from, like, my freshman and sophomore years of, of college. And I found that I, like, I really missed it in my mm-hmm. life and, like, being in shows. Um, of course, I, like, performed on stage in, like, recitals and, like, music, concerts, whatever. Um, and I love that, don't get me wrong. But, like, being in shows and, like, telling full stories was where I thrived. Mm-hmm. And I missed it. And yeah. I, I really, I really needed it in my life. Um, and then junior year, I was like, you know what? All my theater friends are doing summer stock. I'm going to try it out. Like, I'm going to try an audition um, for something. And so I got hooked up with SCTC. Um, our mutual friend, Rebecca Kelly. Uh, well, Rebecca Shout Holbrooks. Out. Rebecca Holbrooks. Rebecca Holbrooks. <laughs> um, she's, she's the third member. She's, she's our trio. Um, she completes our trio. Um <laughs> She helped me sign up for SETC, uh, and the rest was history. That's where I immediately hooked in, and I realized that theater was where I wanted to continue after college. Yeah, so moving a little forward through that, like you're in college now. I remember coming up to visit you and Rebecca and see a production that you were in in Greenville, South Carolina. um, Rocking the Keys. And Rocking the Keys. Oh, it was the best. And then after that we were um hanging out and i was spending the night at your place and i remember you telling me about a specific project that we won't mention but i was like what you're kidding me you had like a how to call back for this project and it was like yeah. going going further and further and you know i was just like i was so proud of you and then you were like oh you're moving to the city and i was like this is so so cool um to just see god working so quickly like through your life and like and and the things that you were doing so flash forward like how far after college did you move how quickly after college did you move to the city for sure I um well I did I ended up doing the same summer stock gig two years in a row um and I kind of like after my first year I kind of had the second year lined up which was like really nice to just like kind of have somewhere to go right after college and kind of put back the decision of what to do next Mm -hmm. um for a few months um, and while I was at, uh, my summer stock gig, um, I met my friend Chance Wall, shout out. Um, and he had an opening in his New York apartment. He was one of the equity actors, um, of that summer stock season. And he had an opening in his apartment and he was like, Hey, I know you just graduated. I know, um, you're, uh, finding luck in a few audition processes. And I think that it'd be a great move for you to move to New York. Um, and I have this opening and in this really cool neighborhood and I have this really cool roommate and I think you should do it. And then, so looking back now, I kind of see like where God just kind of like laid it all out for me because he knows I'm indecisive (laughs) and he knows that I would never, I would never commit to something like that. Um, unless he just kind of like took me and like walked me on a leash um, to where I needed to go. And so, yeah, that's how I ended up in New York. Um, crazily enough, I, I think I moved in August of 2018. We graduated in 2018, right? Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. 2018. Yeah. So what, three months after I graduated, yeah. I was in New York. Yeah. 
It's a pretty Which, quick move. It sounds <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it it, it worked out. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, also, I had my agents like chomping at the bit for me to move so they could actually yeah. get me. And seen. they are working for him. They kids. are working. They are the working best. for him. They're the best. Um, yeah. so you're in the city. You're auditioning, and then you end up um booking the national tour of kinky boots yeah and so um from that uh you were on tour and that's a a really challenging process you know like for sure like being on the road for so long talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the things that god was teaching you while you were on the road, um, in rehearsals, whatever. What was God teaching you in that project? And what were some of the things um, that you were doing to keep yourself motivated um, to be following after God during Mm -hmm. an incredibly busy, like, time? Yeah, 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 for sure. I I think that, I mean, obviously, tour life is hard. It's beautiful. It's insane. It's crazy. It's a whirlwind. It's a roller coaster. It's so much fun, but it definitely is hard. hard on your body, hard on your mind and your brain, um, just because you're, you can't really get settled in a place before you're like picking up and going off to the (laughs) next um, adventure. And it's just a never ending battle of trying to find out where you're going to eat and where you're going to take care of all the activities that you need to get done. Um, But I, I I, I think it came at a time in my life where I was open and ready for adventure. Uh, I'm st- I still am. I, I act like this is like years and years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, hit them up. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Cast me in the next tour, please. Um, but I, I think it came at a time in my life where I was like really wondering what was next and like kind of I as we all do, kind of like struggling to think like, mm-hmm. oh God, like what, what's next in this career? Mm-hmm. Um, is this going to be like a feasible option for me in the future? Um, and I think just as I started to worry, that's when the offer of the tour came in out of Mm -hmm. nowhere. Um, and I, I think, I think I catapulted into this life of being on a national tour. Like, I don't even know what the word is. Um, just like in in a headspace of like, just kind of taking it all in and not really realizing that like, Oh crap, you're on a national tour. Like Mm -hmm. just like enjoy life. Um, but I was just more so excited for the ride. Um, and so I think, I, I think some of the struggles on, on tour that my friends faced, um, I didn't face because I was excited and I was super joyful to experience all these new places that I had never visited. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like keeping in touch with Christ, I, I think that I, I, I think that it's definitely harder on tour because you're not in a place where you can be with your church family. You can't um, get that experience of being in a church setting uh-huh. filled with believers and i mean naturally you're not going to be surrounded by <laughs> everyone who believes in christ which is okay i i mean i had i think a group of like seven people that were all followers that i like really connected with um and they they um were able to provide me links with their um church like online church services and i was able to provide my church service Mm -hmm. um with them um there's a church in greenville that my best friend katie leads worship at and her father um pastor steve preaches at it's called thrive um shout out to thrive um they're great they do online services and they're incredible and they're everything i need um and so i found myself really plugged into those um still am I still am very much plugged into those worship services I feel like I get a lot out of it um and I found myself just 
every Sunday tuning into those. It's not where I thrive, really. <laughs> thrive. <laughs> it's not where... It, it, it's not It's not the best for me. I, I, think, I think I find myself happier and healthier in my spirituality when I'm in a church family and in a church. Um, it's just not feasible mm-hmm. on tour, which is fine, and I, I made it work. I... I think I, in that loneliness and like solitude almost of almost having to have your relationship with Christ be like singular instead mm-hmm. of a full group of believers. Um, I, I think I, I think I grew in a, a different way that I needed to grow. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun. Um, and then obviously like kinky boots is all about love and fun and, it was a happy message to spread rather than if I was on tour with like Les Mis and like, I guess, <laughs> like Hopeful, a, a sad show. but somber. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, Kinky Boots is full of life and full of joy. And I mean, I, I had the time of my life. Um, I still have best friends from that tour to this day that I talk to all the time. Yeah. My roommate from tour, I literally talk to him almost every day. Yeah. So, yeah. so cool. I mean, I can, I can talk for, for a few seconds about you know, my sort of experience on tour, which is very different from yours because the, I was with, the theater company I was working with <clears throat> right out of college, when I went on tour for three months, we were um, doing an educational tour to schools all around the southeastern United States. Yeah. And, you know, from, from my time of being there, we were busy all the time and I didn't have the opportunity to go to church anytime either or really get plugged in with any Christian yeah. community in that town and you know i i think a lot of times god will um put you in it will allow you to go into situations where you know you don't have that community that sure. you've been really uh really living in and getting to grow closer to him through that community and uh, absolutely god created yeah. us for community and to be able to have a community of believers is something that I truly will never ever take for granted for again, sure. especially after being yeah, on yeah. the road because, um, and, and working with the place where I had to work every single Sunday morning and there was yeah. no chance for me to get to go to church. When your faith becomes your own in that way and you are standing alone in your faith as we have to do a mm-hmm. lot in this industry when we go, <clears throat> uh, when we go off to contracts or other things, when you're standing alone in your faith, it becomes a whole level of deeper uh, and the challenges really mass up in different ways Um, because the enemy loves to attack you at that place where you're alone for sure and and most vulnerable and so I I think it's so important that when you're in those seasons as it's almost inevitable that you'll find yourself in as a performer to Mm -hmm. make sure that you're plugging into some kind of community And, and for me that was you know finding a time like Sunday morning, I'm going to wake up earlier than I have to, and I'm going to, like, spend even more time than I would doing daily devotionals or or, um, whatever you like to do on a a daily basis to connect with God, but, like, really, like, worship on Sunday Mm -hmm. mornings. Um, And that was hard. (laughs) It's a really big challenge, especially when you're doing, like, seven shows at one time, like like I personally was doing, and... um, that's crazy. You know, it's just really it's so much to remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, that that time where you have set to go and have your time with God on a scheduled basis is, yeah. I think, something really important 
um, if you find yourself in a situation where you're not necessarily around many believers or you're um, not able to get to a church or something yeah. like that. Um, when you have to schedule it because my personality, <clears throat> if I don't schedule it, it won't happen. Yeah. Or if I don't carve out this specific amount of time um, or this allotted day to do it, it it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Just Especially on tour. If you're on tour... I mean, bus naps are a thing, and, like, that's all I wanted to do most of the time because I was so tired all the time. But I had to, I mean, you just have to make time for it. It, Mm -hmm. It's it's a priority in your life, and I I wanted it to be a priority in mine. So, I I mean, you have to. Yeah. So, the tour finished. You moved back to New York? Yes. Uh, Uh, No. No. No, you didn't move back to New York. You did it in Phoenix after that. Um but you've been back in New York I've since back, yes. since that process. Yes. And, you know, what are some of the um, challenges that you have faced trying to find community specifically For sure. in New York? I mean, that's a that's a huge, yeah, massive a huge undertaking yeah. uh, when it comes down to it and is almost harder. Uh, I will say I think finding community a lot of times yeah. can be harder than having to create that community when you're by yourself it's really difficult Mm -hmm. to find that community that god has called us to be a part of for sure um so what are some of the challenges that you faced when you were in new york faced with that topic for sure i I think i think i was i was a little lucky in the sense that i went to a christian school so i my friends who had either graduated a few years ahead of me or um at the same time i did who were moving to New York, mm-hmm. I had as, like, a base group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had, obviously, friends from, like, Summerstock gigs who I had known that were living there, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I think I came in at, like, an okay time where I, I at least knew around, like, ten people um, that I could at least talk to mm-hmm. if I was, like, very, very lonely. Because, believe it or not, New York is one of the lonely like the more lonely cities in America, even though there's millions and millions of people, it's easy to feel secluded in a way. Um, just because <laughs> no one's paying attention to you. You just, I mean, you just walk where you need to walk. I mean, everybody's got places to be in, um, a very short amount of time to be there. Um, so I mean, it, it gets very lonely very quickly. Um, and so I think one of my main priorities when I was, when I first moved was to find a church that I really enjoyed and that I had friends who also enjoyed, so, like, it could be a group thing, um, and I quickly found that I really love going to Hillsong, um, in the city, uh, it's, I I do want to look a little bit more, I I think it's a little bit more corporate and, for lack of a better word, huge, (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's bigger than I I'm used to. I'm used to smaller churches um, and like really finding and honing in that church family. I, I really like being able to go to church on Sunday and know who's n- new to church. <laughs> um, and in Hillsong, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's like ten services a Sunday, um, <laughs> but I, I, I do find that um, I get a lot out of their services, and so I really l- love going there um i I really love that they bring in new preachers because i i really love listening to new people and finding new preachers that i like and that allows me to plug into different places and when i'm away from new york city and on a contract i have a list of preachers that i can plug into and there are various churches Mm -hmm. um one in particular that i 
I think he came in like January to Hillsong um, that I've been following recently is his name is like Rich Wilkerson. Um, he's very good. Um, he owns a church in, I think in Florida called Vu's Church and it's really great. So check him out. Yeah. But I mean, it's anybody, anybody moving to New York city, I would strongly recommend before you move finding a, a network of like at least 10 other people, um, that you can reach out to because it's really easy to feel lonely um, in the huge city like that. And it's really easy to kind of lose your way in a sense if you don't have somewhere to plug into immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. As long as you have somewhere to plug in and find that community. Yeah. It's, and it's very good. Yeah. And so one specific group that, that we are very familiar with where, where things like that can happen, kind of plug for them is the hang in New York. We have a podcast with the leader of Hang, Kayla Grizzard, and she talks a little bit about what they're doing over at the Hang and how they're connecting actors and believers into community. And, you know, the theater, we always say the theater community because the theater is about community and there's so much we can, can learn from other people that aren't believers um, within our theater community sure. as of itself. But it is also very important to find other believers that that understand our life and where we're coming from and you know we were so lucky to have that yeah in college you had it going to a christian school mm -hmm. i had it at a at a public university that i never dreamed i had the community that i had yeah um and it, it was very daunting going out into the world after mm -hmm. it um and, and it's something that you have to be actively looking for yeah um God has people for, sure. for you. You just have yeah. to find them. You will find your community. Yeah. God has those people absolutely out there. They're picks looking for you. For, you. for what yes. you need. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, as we close right now, what's something that God is teaching you in this current season of your life? Well, Everything. During, <laughs> during the Rona. I feel, like, I feel like it's almost like Voldemort in a sense. Yeah. Like you can't name Like the virus that can't be named. Um, I, I think a few things. I, I, th I think right before the coronavirus, um, craziness hit, uh, New York City, I was at a time in my life where I was so busy in, in a great way. I'm very thankful, um, for all the opportunities that I've been blessed with this year. Um, but I, I mean, I was doing, I was doing gospel in Connecticut. I was doing, um, another like side job. I was doing a few lessons on the side and then I was also uh, lucky enough to be a, a part of a few readings uh, of new musicals. And so I, like, in, in the past few months, I've just been, like, running around everywhere and, like, bouncing from place to place, um, like, packed to the max. And I just didn't have time to, like, really sit in the stillness and, like, beauty of this time in my life um, and, like, really uh, appreciate and, like, feel what God is doing and God is leading me in these things. So I feel like coronavirus kind of slapped me in the face um in a sense um i am now back home i was thankfully able to escape new york city before it got too crazy um i but i, I mean i definitely did see in the last few weeks specifically of shows um the build-up almost in a sense of like what was to come um and I think now looking back just to a month ago where I was, I think God is really being like, yo, be still like for a second, like just mm -hmm. appreciate this time you have to really 
like grow closer to God and grow closer in my relationship. Um, and like not be running around like a chicken with his head cut off all the time and like bouncing from place to place and really appreciate the opportunities you have and like the opportunities you have to meet so many people and like be a witness to so many mm-hmm. people. Um, because I mean, he has, he places us in certain circumstances and certain jobs and certain gigs for different meanings and different, um, at, at different times in our life for different reasons. Um, and, and, and I think, Right now, he's God is kind of teaching me to treasure that and be more thankful of those situations and use those situations to advance the kingdom rather than like doing it just for a job, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Which I I think is a very important lesson, and I am looking forward to getting back and applying those once this coronavirus mm-hmm. takes its toll on our industry. Yeah, and. You know, I, that's kind of been a narrative through a lot of the episodes that you listeners have heard so far is how important stillness yeah. is. And, you know, stillness is such a beautiful gift that God gives us because most of the time in our lives, God is calling us to go and go. Yeah. But when God says it's time to stop, man, it is time to stop. And boy, did he say it was time to stop because this whole world stopped. Yeah, so so the world has completely come to come to a halt, and yeah. in that, so many beautiful things are happening, um, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of, of fear and uncertainty, but there's also a lot of beauty. And I, I know I heard this in a sermon, so I'm kind of stealing this right now uh, last week, but we, we always talk about, um, and we're hearing all the time, we're going to go back to normal. Yeah. And what is normal? Normal is a story that we've made up for ourselves. Normal has never, ever existed. And, you know, God always works in weird situations. And man, oh man, is this a weird situation that we, we are finding ourselves in. And, you know, it's really beautiful. This time of, like I was saying, this time of, of stillness that we have where we can, see what we were calling normal and realizing that wasn't really normal what we were doing and really take this time to connect with God and create a new normal, get back to a new normal that is following after God and not Mm -hmm. after running around so busy because we have to do this. And then, Oh, I guess I should uh, like maybe read my Bible or something. Or I got a notification from this prayer app saying like, Oh, here's your verse of the day. And you're like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I forgot to love the world. Okay. We're done. Great. Amen. Praise Jesus. Um, and really finding that time in our daily lives to sit down and be like, thank you, God, that you have given me this, this opportunity to sit and be with you and find stillness and peace and just listen to uh, what you have for me, Lord. So for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much, Andrew, for, for having me, for joining us today. I hope everyone got something out of what he had to say today. I'm sure, sure you did. Um, but watch out for him. If people want to follow you on social media, <laughs> where can they find you? <laughs> um, I'm really bad at social media, but my Instagram handle is at Andrew Poston 96 P 
P-O-S-T-O-N. I'm considering changing it to at like what I'm posting. Okay. I think that's so funny. I'm not going to change it, though. I love a clever Instagram I, name. I do, too, but I think that one's, like, that one's too cheesy yeah. um, for my brand. Um, but, yeah, Andrew Poston, I, I'm, I'm pretty basic. Yeah, you're speaking to at Philbo Baggins, right? Here, yeah. right now. So. There you go. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today, Andrew. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you again soon. We are so glad that Andrew could join us today to talk a little bit about finding community in the places where community doesn't seem to be very easy to find. It's something that many of us are going to encounter in our life as performers. And I think there was a, a lot of really great stuff that we spoke about and, and really got down to uh, during this discussion about how powerful it is when you have to experience God when you're standing by yourself at a contract or, or maybe you've been injured or something like that and you're having to be away from, from your community, how important it is to really lean into God and his voice and the things that he's, uh, he's telling us. And also, it, it really makes you take advantage of the time when you do have community to lean into and hear God's voice come to you through other people in community. Also, just the power of the times of stillness that we have in our life to really, really take advantage of those times and to make stillness a priority in our everyday life. Because as performers, our lives are absolutely crazy, absolutely busy. We all know the hustle that it takes to, to work in this industry. And it's so powerful when we take those moments of stillness and prioritize them to spend time with the Lord and spend time with Him in those periods to hear His plan and His will for our lives Now, before we go today, I want to lead us in a quick prayer and just thank God for the community that we have or the community um, that we hope to have at some point in time in the future. Dear Lord, thank you so much for everything that you bless us with each and every day. Thank you so much for providing community for us and giving us those times when we may not have community, where we are standing by ourselves alone singularly with you, that you will just speak to us in those moments and that in the times when we do have community that we will lean into you, God, and really, really feel you speaking to us through other people and help us speak into um, other people's lives in both of those situations. Thank you for stillness, God. Thank you for allowing us to come directly to you with our our struggles and our worries in life. And in all these things, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay.